It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Volume. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code Jenkins. That's J-E-N-K-I-N-S. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code Jenkins only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling at 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles in Louisiana. 21 and over age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. It's Wednesday, October 18th, and we are live on Amazon Amp for another couple weeks here. Uh, we've got a big show for you today. We got all kinds of goofy football, basketball stuff to talk about. Uh, I'm going to geek out with Tyler a little bit about the Spider-Man 2 video game, and then John and Tyler are going to geek out about some rap history. It's going to be a classic old-time Jenkins and Jones <laughs> episode. As always, yeah. Jenkins and Jones hosted by LeJethro Jenkins, a.k.a. John. What's that, Bubba's? Dragonfly Jones, a.k.a. Tyler. Hey, everybody. Have a good Produced by Jackson Saffon. What's up? What's up? I'm Cardi B, a.k.a. Mike. Motherfucking Mike. Motherfucking Mike. I love Jackson becoming an unironic what's up guy. That makes me really happy. <laughs> 90s and early Irony 2000s culture is back in an unironic way, baby. I got be. I got to represent the youth. Welcome to the fold. You're in the trust tree now. Love <laughs> the love nest. You got your own personal I've, I've, been, I've been wanting this day for so long. You guys have no idea. <laughs> I want to see that tan line at the mid shin from your baggy ass jean shorts. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Just a stripe Let's across the middle of your shin. <laughs> I feel like our audience thinks I'm like 16 years old because you guys always say how young I am. So the Budweiser ad by not. Might not, might not they fly, think you're you know? a 16 year old white girl yeah, or something exactly. based on the reply. <laughs> so surprising. <laughs> this guy looks like. <laughs> Anyways. 
<laughs> like, oh, wow, Jackson. I didn't think Jackson had ears. Or I don't even know what they're talking about. They're just always so shocked when they see you. Um, all right. Let's start off by talking about uh, I have friends who are Chargers fans. And I have to say I've been enjoying making fun of them that the television put a enthusiastic Chargers fan on TV. And everyone's immediate reaction is this has to be a plant. Because there's no way anyone actually cares as much about the Chargers. Tyler, are you buying the conspiracy theory that, that this is a paid actress or what? No, I, I I think she legitimately is a Chargers diehard, which sounds like an oxymoron. But, bro, every, <laughs> every fucking fan base has some diehards. We saw that shit after that fucking game. Y'all see that scuffle? You know that fucking Chargers on Cowboys scuffle? No, like, uh-uh. Bro, yeah, motherfuckers was literally scrambling like there was they were motherfuckers were fighting on like a freshly mopped floor and it was just you remember when jermaine o'neill tried to um yeah hit home the silver surfer punch you know yeah, what I yeah. Mean? it was like 18 of those <laughs> yeah. bro just, just a jermaine o'neill palooza out there motherfucker to fight but, on um, wet ground you really want to fight you know what i mean like yeah. over football come too, on man on wet polished new bro. concrete yo the slipperiest surface in the world you really like, you need just your, put your kid in socks and push them right without them even moving their legs and they would slide across the let's floor. just yeah, stop yeah. and so have new fun as hell, too. them floors glossy right. as fuck. for me i'm just i'm just let's stop and have fun do you see this like you know we, we we can enjoy this bro we don't have to bang on this motherfucking surface bro this is made for you, enjoyment. You're, you're breaking the fight up. To stop, get slip and stop, slide going. stop. <laughs> we can slip and slide on this, guys. First, you run. Right. Second, you jump. <laughs> Third, you hit the bump and take a dive. I'm doing the moonwalk in between people fighting. <laughs> Bro, did you, see, did you see the dude? Did you see the dude waiting by the elevator in the middle of all that? It looked like he was on the phone waiting on somebody. You can see his pipe text. Like, yeah, I'm by the elevator, and motherfuckers are just <laughs> there's just a melee around him. He's just chilling, hands in his pocket, looking at his phone, seeing where bro. I guess his girl or whatever was. That's an NFL bro. season ticket holder, bro. He's just used to that amount of bullshit and chaos around him. Man. And, and, and listen, we talk about the the, the problem for the uh, the NBA, which they've obviously they're trying very hard to address. Was like fans feeling like the players cared about the regular season. The problem for the NFL, and I understand they're a money-making machine. They don't give a fuck about this. a problem. I'm a, I'm a football fan. My son's a football fan. I can't imagine him taking taking him to an NFL game until he's old enough to <laughs> throw a punch, bro. Like, it's those games are fucking chaos, man. I'm a Niners fan, too. And you know it's extra chaos at the Niners. The Niners fans are like the new Raiders fans now. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like Niners fans are fighting each other in a game where they're up by 30 points and shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wild as hell, man. I don't know, bro. Whatever. All right. Uh, did you see, too, uh, Tyler? Did you see, uh, uh, thanks to friend of the show, Pablo Torre, <laughs> Troy Aikman is now on record on national television acknowledging that he looks like Jay-Z. <laughs> bro. The internet, man, is like, like like that just started out as a meme. And it, that's the thing now. We are living in an era where I feel like everyone is so connected that if something goes viral enough about anybody famous, whatever, it's going to get back to them. And that's like a prime example of that, bro. I feel like you you understood that earlier than most. You said something very early in me knowing you in real life where you said, I don't say anything on Twitter that I wouldn't that, that I wouldn't say to the person I'm talking about because I assume that everything that I tweet, they will see, which is. Yeah. Okay, and I'm like, not a bitch who just, you know, sells wolf tickets, too. There's that as well. So, and I ain't a fuck yeah, yeah. nigga. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Got to put yeah, that yeah. out there. But but that but that is like for all of human history. That's a crazy thing for someone with a like a phone in his house in Richmond, Virginia. To th- It's like, well, yeah, obviously, if I make a really funny Barack Obama joke, the president, someone will show the president <laughs> like the joke <laughs> that I made. Like, that's a that's a crazy world, bro. And uh, yeah, like Pablo had Troy Aikman on the show and he asked him, he's like, have you heard about this? And I was surprised, but Troy Aikman said, he was like, yeah. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was the drawn out. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, man, I hear it way too fucking much. Like you could tell <laughs> like, yeah, bro. The group chat always clowns me. Okay. Damn. <laughs> he was at his wits end. It sounded like, bro. I'm glad we're at an era though, where on national television, people are acknowledging this kind of stuff. People are acknowledging the gambling effects of late game chaos. They're acknowledging memes and shit. Like it was so dumb when we were like watching TV, these sports for so long, these announcers were pretending like culture outside of this specific football game doesn't exist. I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah, that's true. Future is now old man. And is, (laughs) 
as as uh, as I, you know, I have kind of mixed feelings about some of the gambling stuff, but I do more memes during broadcasts. This guy, I appreciate that for sure. Um, like they could have been talking about as they were showing that Chargers fan for the fifteenth time. They could have been talking about how half of the internet thought that she was like AI. You know what I mean? <laughs> you you just need. And I, I've actually been a. I don't I don't know if I ever told you all this. I've been a spotter for uh, NFL games where you stand between the you stand between the play by play and color person and you like point at the number on the roster of like who made the tackle or who caught the ball or whatever. And like you need an extra person who stands to the left of the color commentator now. That's just the internet spotter. That's just like checking, just checking Twitter. <laughs> They're talking like, about this online. We should tap into this for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Troy. There. <laughs> this, Jay Z meme. This is who you look like now. <laughs> hold it up to Jay Z meme. Like, like Oregon used to do that shit. Like they would hold up pl- play cards of like memes and shit, and yeah. they would run that shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they weren't about clicks though. I wonder who's uh, the first person that told Troy Aikman though, right? Who's who's the person that broke like? Nick, you I feel look like the like answer that. to that question is always kid. It's always like your kid or your kid's friend. You know what I mean? Dad, they're saying you look like Jay-Z on Twitter. They <laughs> <laughs> said you're the white Jay-Z. Right. right. And they're telling the I, truth. I mean, I know that's what people always said about Braun was it's like that's how Braun, that's how Braun experiences culture is entirely through his children. <laughs> just like like he didn't know the taco tuesday thing was you know what i mean like he doesn't check his own stuff obviously so it was just like it was Bronny being like oh everyone's doing the taco tuesday shit now he's like oh let me patent that <laughs> mad fucking guy <laughs> i can't believe he tried to patent taco bro come on but man. how long That's has taco tuesday been in existence no but i mean when you're like the goat of something you're gonna have some irrational views you know what i mean you're, you're as good as you are or something like I could I could brand Taco Tuesday, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I I invented eating tacos right, on Tuesday. Right, right. Maybe the, I the did. alliteration was right there and no one ever picked up on it until me. Maybe I did, you know what I mean? I'm the best basketball player ever. I made that happen. The moment in LeBron's life that I want to hold documentary on is we're familiar with his childhood, right? Like growing up, single mom, couch surfing, all this other stuff. There's a moment that has not, to my knowledge, been put into a documentary when a Nike executive sat him down at 15, 16 or whatever and explained to him in the circumstances he was in what they thought he could become. And, I, and we're like, going to give you $90 million. I experienced like 0.1% of what brought, like I, would, like I had a poor single mom. If When someone gave me $100 for winning an essay contest in 11th grade, I like I bought, I, we literally went to Jack in the Box. I bought the whole family dinner. You know what I mean? I can't imagine someone from Nike sits you down and says, hey, we think you're going to be the future of the sport. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? But he believed him and the guy was right, too. Like, so, yeah, to John's point, like he thought that he had to think that about himself at 16. He's obviously been moving his whole life knowing if I fuck something up the way we see. I mean, like this horrible shit going on with Mikey Williams. LeBron James decided at 16. I'm not going to fuck any of it up. And he's carried that out like that. Yeah. So fuck. maybe he did it. Maybe he convinced me just now. That he invented I, taco I, also, I, I, I also, I also love how the LeBron one was modeled after the Hummer two that he caught all that heat for. Like that was just an excellent fucking troll job there. I love that shit. The low top is my favorite basketball shoe ever. The uh, USA, the Olympic uh, LeBron one lows. Mm-hmm. Favorite basketball shoe ever. By far, bro. As far as comfort. Yeah. One of my favorite things about this show is us just like asking questions into the universe and then me having the time to Google them and see when they exist. Uh, Taco Tuesday, you want a history? Because I got <laughs> yeah, it, brother. Yes. Uh, <laughs> according to Wikipedia, business advertising of tacos on Tuesdays has been around since at least 1933, but the first wow. use of the term Taco Tuesday was in 1973. So at bare minimum... 60 years. That 60 was some years, Christopher Columbus shit. But, right. Taco Tuesday yeah. had already it been had already been around. People been saying, come get your tacos on Tuesday. But Taco Tuesday as a, as a term. Is, How do you say Tuesday in Spanish? Does anyone uh, know how to say Tuesday in Spanish? Uh, miracle. No, Miracle, miracle is, is Monday. Lunes. 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 It's Lunes. Okay, right? Is I think it's Lunes. So it wouldn't Lunes, be Taco Lunes. Tuesday. No, no, Lunes is Monday. Is it Martes? Lunes Martes is Miracles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miracles is Wednesday. So Taco Tuesday is kind of like necessarily an American. It is. Somebody it hit is. us in the chat, English nigga. We always struggle. English-speaking uh, thing. <laughs> also, yeah. I, I'm be honest with y'all. I didn't know Taco, Taco Tuesday like existed until like. Black people putting ketchup on Tuesdays. <laughs> putting ketchup on Tuesdays. Yeah, it's like Cinco de Mayo. You know, we are inventing these things. 
I, I didn't know Taco Tuesday existed till I was probably in college. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, I mean, yeah, but that, my that, mom could take us that, 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 that we, we, we are 20 the, years ahead of LeBron we, James. We, <laughs> we are the first generation of black people to eat tacos, bro. Bro, like, for real. We're not eating bro. that shit. We did not my have tacos at home. Tacos, not bro. one time. Yeah. One time, bro. You feel me? Black, black, people, black people in Southern California have been eating tacos for probably like a, a generation back of that. But it's, it's at this point, it's like evolved into its own thing. Like I, if, you, if you're on like Long Beach Twitter, you'll see. Actually, Shell, you guys have met Shell. Shell will be arguing with people about putting ketchup on tacos. Like. <laughs> That's like a black. That's like a black thing in Southern California. Like, like it's good. Up and like, is, they say it's good. I mean, look, I, I don't part with the black community on a ton of issues, but I would never put ketchup on tacos. Yeah, I, I ain't riding with us on that one either, dog. That's crazy. That yeah, sounds no. horrible. You got ground dog. beef tacos with some ketchup on it, like I, the only time, to- like only like experience. Apologies with- that if if Trey is listening, <laughs> Trayvon is listening. I think I've seen him join in on the ketchup on tacos argument. I apologize to black people in Southern California, but I'm not fucking with ketchup on tacos. Hell no. My only experience with tacos um, like was probably Taco Bell. And I didn't have hard shell tacos. Like I didn't know like I didn't try that till like probably 23 24 you know what i mean like it was basically the burrito version the soft shell taco of a taco I, you know what I, mean? I, th- I think um like seafood is, is is big in southern california but i think when you guys have talked about what like seafood was to y'all i think like mexican food was that to a lot of like poorer people mm-hmm. in southern california tacos we taco tuesday was huge in my family because we'd go to baja senora and my mom could put ten dollars down and get ten tacos. Yeah, yeah. So me, my brother, and her, I would get four because I was bigger and growing. Yeah. She and my brother would get three. We get the water cup. She could feed us for ten dollars with no tip. You right, know what I mean? Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. So it like, but tacos are just like Mexican food. Generally, was always like the that was just like the staple of like I have to feed myself off fucking three dollars today. Yeah. <laughs> like, what can I eat? You know what I mean? All right, let's, uh, I, you know, I just love putting down a topic list, and it's like, yeah, absolutely. We're starting with the uh, the Chargers fan, and we're ending up with John moonwalking through an NFL stadium fight. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know. What, I, what was the topic that got us to the history of Taco Tuesday? LeBron <laughs> thinking he LeBron started Taco Tuesday. The, uh, children. Yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. even on the topic list. Oh, it was Troy Aikman. Yes. Okay, it was okay. John said, Ooh, how did yeah, Troy Aikman yeah. hear about the Jay-Z shit? Yeah. Okay. Excellent stuff. All right. <clears throat> stuff, um, basketball season starts soon. I think it's going to be Sunday we'll do our NBA preview. Is that right? It starts, oh, yeah. season starts next week. Let go. I think we just decided that. Let's go. Let's fucking do it. Um, Let's fucking do it, bro. <laughs> I, I don't have the attention span for the preseason what? NBA, but I think we, we were all enjoying the clips of from the Bucks lakers preseason game. The Dame and Giannis pick and roll was like Ooh. everything we thought it would be. The first time they ran it, there were four open people on the court. You had open cutter to the basket. You had two people butt naked at the three-point line. <laughs> And you had three guys basically just trying to tackle Giannis because so basically the defense exploded. Were, so basically the defense was like, wow, you know what I mean? Like everything collapsed. <laughs> Crazy. I didn't see this clip. Fun, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 gonna be fun. And I feel like for the for the space and shoot era that that Warriors team was that roster with KD was like the ideal roster in a lot of ways, right? And for the pick and roll era that just is what everyone is in. You, I just, you just can't come up with anything better than Dame and Giannis right now, and I, I, it's gonna be so much fun. I'm just, it, I don't know. It's, it's like you said that you just dropping a, you know, just dropping a piano on the defense's head basically every <laughs> possession. When the, when I just, I just hope they spam that shit and do it back to back to back. Like that's what I want to see because that's like, <laughs> look, I am a big, um, you know, pro- proponent and fan of actual professional athletes and professional teams like carrying out my video game philosophies and pick and roll is the only play i've ever that's the only set i have ever called in my life on 2k i think that's bro. the only <laughs> set anybody calls on 2k like what the fuck yeah. else are you doing but yeah Tyler, i got a question which jersey you wearing you wearing the brian jersey when the lakers play the bucks or you wearing the Giannis jersey you can have both of them motherfuckers <sighs> on man Ah, I'm I'm gonna get one of them. I'm gonna get one of them. Split in the middle. 2002 <laughs> split. Them 2002 Saint Lunatics. Uh, yeah, that shit might be hard though. 
that shit yeah. gonna be hard though. You know, that's kind of that's kind of how it, that's kind of how it feels though. It's like you're two, you know, your 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 best friend and your fake child are playing each other. Like <laughs> exactly. you can't ask it. me to pick. I'm honestly fine with however those games check out. I just want good basketball for real. Yeah, it I does mean, once feel playing like, for a championship, one team's not. The Lakers are playing and they'll be good. I you think, don't think the Lakers are playing for a championship. I think they're a championship quality team. I think a lot they're a championship quality team. I think there are three teams that are much better than them. The Nuggets. The Nuggets, Bucks. the Bucks, and the Celtics. I don't think the Celtics are much better than them. I think the Celtics are I mean, look, you're talking about Damon Giannis. You wait till you see a Drew Holiday, Chris Epps, Porzingis pick and roll, Bubba. The, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he said the two, That's what I'm talking about. The defense the explodes because there's so much stuff that, they don't want to do. They're like, <laughs> I think the, you better not go under on that 32% from three shooters. Maybe it'll be true. Actually, Chris absolutely I think the Celtics, I think the Celtics are better. I think the Celtics are better. So we'll see. We'll see. But I think we'll the, yeah, I think sure. the Nuggets. Do you think the Celtics are you think the Celtics are better than the Suns? <sighs> yes. Okay. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. Yeah. yeah I, yeah. I mean, I don't think that's crazy. I wouldn't yeah. I don't think they're on another tier. I would agree with you about the Nuggets and Bucks right now. But I think the I don't I don't know uh, the the Nuggets thing is like I actually uh, my friend Keith is a big Clippers fan. He was just asking me yesterday. He's like, "Are you another Lakers fan that thinks they're winning the championship?" And I was like, "I think they'll contend for a championship." I, I'll have to see. AD's been in the weight room, which is wonderful to hear. But I have to see something to make me think. AD was not like twenty reps in the weight room away from them not getting sweat. You feel, I'm, I'm like, what does in the weight know? room mean? Because he's in the weight room every summer. Like, so did he no, did he gain how much uh, how much he, did he gain as far as weight? Or muscle mass, or lose as far as body fat percentage. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, I saw a tweet. It made me happy. I tucked the information away in my brain. I couldn't. <laughs> no the, research. The information just, was let that me it just made lean me on that. I couldn't give you numbers. Let me lean on the joy, I and you. I respect that. I res- <laughs> That's the way to approach sports. You know what I mean? The mathematician <laughs> yeah. way is cool and it's interesting, but you know sometimes yeah. you just need to see something on Twitter and just lean on that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Verified or unverified, you feel me? Yeah, I'm falling for a sixth consecutive year. AD saying he knows he needs to be on the court all 82 games, that he's ready to be a leader. And he's just going to fall for all of it. And he's ready to take the (laughs) reins, like you said. You know what I'm saying? He's in the weight room. Boom. Cool. You know what I mean? No Google. Sounds good. Lean into it. Yeah, we (laughs) we winning a tip this year. But yeah, I feel I'm, like I'm all the way in. the Nuggets, like that. We talk about you know them, them losing Bruce Brown. You know what I'm saying that's a big deal. But we also brought up you know what I'm saying your boy. You feel me? Yeah. Um, he's you know Calvin Booth talking big shit behind Peyton Watson's name. I love it. You feel that me? Makes and, me yeah. a very happy human being. And and like uh, who was I was talking to uh uh Bryant Thomas Bryant uh uh who just got boomed on you know <laughs> famously and we talked about it last podcast but anyway famously famous. <laughs> but anyway we talked to him and he was like you know what play I was like what players in the league like are like yo people do not know what time it is and he said he said he said Watson he said Peyton Watson he was yeah. like Peyton Watson is good he was like people he, talk about the defense and he's like that on defense but he is a fucking bucket. And so that's him seeing him in practice get going crazy. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily make sense for him to be in the, in, in the, in the rotation in the way he will be in the future. But now with, with, with uh, Bruce going. Should we get P-Watt on the pod? Okay, I'll, t- yeah, I'll, okay. Yeah. I'll hit him up. Did you ask us that? That would be fun. What? That's kind of a that's Well, kind of I mean, flex. like last Should year, it's like. It, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I mean, it would have been kind of weird to have him on the pod last year. Would you not agree? It's like he's a yes. rookie on a team that's going to win a championship, but it's like. What's we, it, I don't know, think like, we would want to have him on the pod because, like, I don't yeah, know if that's going to. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's a defending yeah. champion about to be a rotation player. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. For okay, sure. Cool, yeah, cool, yeah, cool, yeah. Okay. I hit him up when we were in Vegas. I was like, are you in Vegas right now? And he was like, yeah. I was like, you want to come on the pod today? And he was like, I have plans tonight, Mike. Like, what do you <laughs> like, You can't ask me. I'm like, five, I literally asked him on like five hours notice. Uh, also, I'm kind of here to do something. <laughs> if you don't know. <laughs> it's kind of a but business I, trip for me, bro. I, 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 You have to remember, it's like when you known someone since they were like a kid you have to remember it's like oh, i can't text him like oh we're doing an extra photo shoot you know what i mean it's like it's not that's not what the world is like for professional athletes <laughs> also the entire world like the basketball world is in vegas during that time period like you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, for they're sure they're fucking they're probably broken down by 30 minutes where they need to be at yeah. you know what i mean 
Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Adam Silver floating the return of the East-West format for the All-Star game. Agree, disagree? I, I don't know. I kind of like I like the messiness of like a last person getting picked and shit, you know? And and I like the the the, the covert tampering, you know what I mean, with 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 seeing who guys pick. I don't know, man. Like you y'all know me, I'm a messy bitch. I like the drama, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I want to go back. And I don't think it was just drama. I think it was fun. You know what I mean? Like there was fun outside of just the game because the game is not that has not been that fun. And I don't know if East West will make the game more fun, but the 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 part that led up to it was at least enjoyable. You know, with the picking a team type shit. Also, like we, we, we spoke to as well, the fact that we're seeing one of the best like, all star player be picked last. Like uh, the, you know, like. <laughs> a kid in, in elementary school who's you know has zero athletic ability can relate to an all-star player one of the top what 12 24 yeah. players in the world at that moment <clears throat> there's something you know intriguing about that i i think that if you look at everything the nba's done this offseason it's clear that the and uh, actually colin coward talked about this a lot during the nba season and i i think he was correct it's clear that the red alarm light was flashing at NBA headquarters. It was like, we need to start signaling to people that this shit matters and that our players mm. care about it. Like, we know that the playoffs is good, but we got to try this midseason tournament. I mean, the fact that they came out with basically like a, pr- a press rollout for the fact that the analytics around rest was incorrect and they're going to say, never mind, everyone's going to play and take this shit seriously again. Like, you could just see... You can see what they're trying to fix. I don't think that this is that fix for the All-Star game, like you said, John, but um, if they need to change something in order to say, hey, these guys are going to play defense a little bit or something, I, I guess that's what they do. That's it's not going to change the fact that it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It changes. Yeah, they're trying to change the brand, but I think the actual product won't be different. You know what I mean? I agree. I totally agree with you. But I don't disagree with them that they do need to change the brand. So Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I... 
<laughs> that was abysmal, bro. Yeah. I'm seeing people yeah. that don't even aren't, aren't really basketball fan fan fans are like, this fucking sucks. You know what I mean? Like, well, your all star game objectively is supposed to bad. Be, it's supposed to be your front porch, right? right? It's supposed to be your casual fans. It's supposed to be your midseason crossover moment. And when you get your crossover <clears> moment, <throat> but what you have is a bunch of people saying, this is why I don't fucking watch this. Right, game. right, right. <laughs> that's the exact, like, that's got to tell you, oh, we got to figure this out because we're getting the media moment we want, but it's so that people can confirm their negative bias against us. <laughs> Turning off the one NBA game they watched that year, which is All-Star game. Let's go watch Seinfeld reruns again. You know what I mean? Like, that's not that's not necessarily good for the league, I suppose. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you know what they say when you're trying to put out your metaphorical front porch to the casuals, the best place to do it, Indianapolis. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Home of the tenderloin. Right. Home of Subway. <laughs> Home of the meatball sub. <laughs> That's so that nigga sent me to Subway. I'm like, man. he sent you to Subway, dog. She, she sent me to Subway, man. She might have been right, bro. We was downtown but- too. But it was but it was walkable. Well, yeah, <laughs> right, man. You walked to the and, subway, and, right? And, and people, you didn't have to take an Uber. No, I didn't have to take the Uber. I had a car though, bro. I was it was in a rental. You feel me? And 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 because I was working, the th- the cookies are fine. Was it three for a dollar? The subway. You don't need to. Oh yeah, that, 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 those um white right macadamias. Oh, go, oh, they go crazy. Go crazy. Two macadamias yeah. and a chocolate chip cookie. That's the that's the go to. You know what I mean? Just to switch it up. Mm-hmm. Got to eat the macadamia and chocolate chip, then the macadamia. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, we got a little flippity flop. You feel me? We got, two, we got two. We got two more segments before we wrap, and one of them is John. I know. I know. I apologize, John, because I know you don't give a fuck about this Spider-Man video game. I but. yeah. I mean, by all means, do your thing. I I love y'all having fun and being happy. That's all. So let me let me sit back and watch that. <laughs> give us our moment. We'll circle Bro, back. And I we'll love discuss the, it. Just be, just be here and look cute and be happy. That's all I need from y'all. Um, Tyler. Everyone is making this sound like it's the best superhero game of all time. All the reviews are like, you know, 9.5 out of 10 is a low review for this game. How unrealistically high are our joint expectations for this video game to drop on Thursday? Um, You know, I've got high expectations, but not anything ridiculous. And it's not like I'm tempering my expectations. I just know that it's going to be good because all Spider-Man games are good. You know what I mean? But for people saying... Exactly, exactly. But for people saying like, this is going to be like the best spider-man game ever in the clips i'm seeing did you see that clip when sandman threw that motherfucker like 30 blocks he threw him through oh two my. burrows yes bro oh that's what i that's what i want give me super villains who are gonna beat my ass man <laughs> like, like like i i don't want this shit to be easy bro i want to be like holy fuck i want to be scared as shit when a motherfucker pops up and makes his interest and yes throw my ass 30 fucking blocks throw me from the Bronx to queens though. <laughs> that's exactly what i want beat the fuck out of me man there there, there is like that special thing in a good superhero video game and i don't really play a lot of video games it's just sports and superhero video games basically but it's that special thing like the the batman arkham games had the same thing where when it transitions from the cutscene to you playing this the super villain i should feel a little bit like i'm gonna shit my pants yeah you know like i remember batman had that in the arkham city game it's like oh you want me to actually fight clayface like with the joystick (laughs) Like this motherfucker could just turn into a like a knife. <laughs> look, bro. Look, if 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 the first appearance of the supervillain doesn't have me scrambling and running around and picking up shit to throw and running like a little bitch, like you can keep <laughs> like a dog, bitch, bro. Right? <laughs> that's what I need. That that's what makes me feel alive when I'm playing video games. <laughs> running like a bitch. <laughs> who's the supervillain? I mean, who's the like the the person in, in any game that you were like, holy shit, I gotta fight this motherfucker. Um, hmm. I know the biggest holy shit moment for me was when them goddamn zombie dogs burst through the windows in Resident Evil. That was crazy. Yes. That was crazy. Everyone, I Woo, think everyone scared the fuck that, out of me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Shane yeah. Sung had me shook too, though. And what oh, yeah. come was like, we switched to everybody and oh, shit. Yeah. I gotta fight this nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like crazy. The the craziest thing to me about the Spider Man game is they said they made they said Craven the Hunter is cool as fuck in the game. Oh, really. Yeah, they say he's a bad motherfucker. They said that it, he, the character might be so good that Sony might have to figure out something different to do with the movie. <laughs> really? It's like, yeah. 
Cause it's like they got him like just playing with knives and being like a like basically he's like a like he's like a Stark from Game of Thrones. Like he's just about like wolves and dogs and fucking oh, his yeah, knife yeah. and shit. You know what I mean? It's like I don't know, bro, bro. That that arc he had with spot with the Black Spider Man in the eighties, like that is that Craven's phenomenal. last hunt. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. incredible. That's dog. the darkest shit ever. Bro. I read that. I read mm. that too early, bro. Yeah, that shit was about yeah, I read that suicide. When I was a kid, yeah, that yeah. shit was that shit was crazy, bro. All right, Spider Man's coming out on Thursday. You were not going to see me and Tyler on the internet for a couple days. <laughs> fucking... We're going we gonna to be on there running like a bitch. <laughs> in their own new buildings. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> running for our lives. All right, before we get out of here, we have a new segment debuting today. We're going to do it on the midweek episodes, and we're, we're not so tentatively. We're, we're just stamping it as hippity hop with Dragonfly Jones. But I, I, I'm excited for this segment because I know we hear from a lot of people they miss John's music recommendations. Um, I know all three of us love talking about music with each other. We talk about it a lot uh, in the group chat. So I'm excited to have a place every week where we can kind of, you know, put all that, put all of that into something that we just plan on doing every week. But Tyler, yeah, so, you've got a historical take for the first hippity hop with Dragonfly. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're going to do a little recurring uh, segment here uh, this week in hippity hop <laughs> where, you know, um, sometimes we're going to talk about, um, you know, something historic that happened this week. Sometimes we might talk about current event shit that's happening this week in rap or, you know, a new song, new album that dropped. We're just going to have fun and talk music and rap with this shit. So in this week in hippity hop, 25 years ago, God damn, I feel old just saying that Yo, this week. Fuck. Old as fuck. On October 17th, 1998, Juvenile released Ha. It was the lead single off his breakout album, 400 Degrees. Now, although this is Juvenile's introduction to most rap fans, 400 Degrees is actually Juvenile's third album, following his debut being myself in 1995 and his sophomore effort, Soldier Rags, in 1997. The single Ha, however, was the lead single for 400 Degrees, which was Juvenile's major label debut after Cash Money Records signed an unprecedented distribution deal with Universal for $30 million. An absurd amount of money in 1998 and an absurd amount of money today. Cash Money Records, which was already an extremely successful independent label with underground classics like Juvenile Soldier Rags, Big Timers, How You Love That, BG, It's All On You, and The Hot Boys Get It How You Live, already under their belt before signing with Universal, now had the powerhouse conglomerate of Universal backing them on distribution, which proved to be a game changer. So quick music industry lesson on how big of a deal distribution is, especially in the 90s. Distribution labels do just that. They distribute the music. They don't do any of the legwork record labels do. They do not have a say on the final version of the album or who the record labels sign. They do not pay feature artist fees or any of that. You hand your distributor the final cut of your album and they take it from there, pushing you to radio, MTV, BET, and pressing up physical copies of your music and securing deals with retailers to sell your shit. A huge deal for independent labels who often literally started selling their music out of the trunks of their car in the 90s. So this distribution deal with Universal meant cash money albums could be easily purchased at your local retailer wherever you're at in the country, which was not the case before the deal. Another quick music industry lesson. Priority Records pretty much had a monopoly on distributing all the iconic independent rap labels of the 90s. Ruthless, Raucous, Rap-A-Lot, Death Row, Rockefeller, No Limit, all distributed by Priority, which was not a major label, and went defunct in 2004. The rap landscape is not the same without Priority. Long live Priority. But back to cash money. So now this once local independent rap label Cash Money now has a global army behind it with Universal or Betty Yet Navy, as BG once so eloquently stated. <laughs> Cash Money is on. And their first at bat <laughs> with this new backing that they now have was a home run. Juvenile and producer Manny Fresh, who handled all of Cash Money's production, knocked that shit out the park. High is a singular record, the likes of which we had never heard before or since. Manny Fresh's distinctive New Orleans bounce is still very much present on this record, but it has a very unorthodox sound. Juvenile weaves in and out of the beautiful chaos that is this beat effortlessly. In a track where he's repeatedly asking the listener questions he seemingly already knows the answer to. And the answer to all of the questions Juvie poses on this track is, you fucked up. <laughs> it's an unorthodox beat that was perfect and even more perfect for juvenile and perhaps even only juvenile as we've seen a very prominent rapper try his hand at that beat call cough jay-z and stumble terribly 
rappers have notoriously never uh, have steered clear of that beat on their own freestyles. I don't think I've ever heard a high freestyle. It is a singular record. Then this Manny Fresh production was perfect for Juvenile. And Juvenile is perhaps the only rapper in history who could ever do it justice. It's an alley-oop that Manny Fresh threw that only Juvenile could catch, and it changed the rap game forever. So, yeah, um... I think High is one of those handful of rap songs where it's when the first time you heard it was a fucking record scratch moment. Like, what the fuck am I listening to? Like, in the best way, mm-hmm. right? Like, I heard that, and I was like, bro, what is this, and where can I get more of that? Like, it was unlike anything you had ever heard. Like, wh- wh- do you remember the first time you heard that shit, John? Yeah, I was, in the, I was at the crib, and I remember the next day at the bus stop, you feel me? All of us were talking about that, uh, that song. You know what I'm saying? Like in Alabama, like yeah. we was like, yo, did you hear that shit? We was like, what? It was, it was, and also like the visuals of yes. the video. Like you talk about, you, you said in the group chat, you thought it was the best video ever. I think it's, uh, it is, I guess my yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know about best video ever, uh, but I think it's a great fucking video. And it was like, it showed the, like, like the things he was talking about and like the, 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 the way he grew up and the way that was extremely artful, but also very fucking raw. You know what I'm saying? Like it was beauty, mm-hmm. beautiful, and also like scary at the same time. Like, God damn, you know what I mean? And in, and in the way he was rapping, we had never heard anybody rap like that before. I'd never heard a beat like that before, but it was like captivating in, in every fucking way. And so like we all saw it on Rap City, and then we all talked about it the next day at the bus stop. You feel me? Because it was just that like mind-boggling for us to see some like you know something of that nature you know for the first time you feel me it's kind of like i know like i told you with bone the first time i heard bone it was the coolest thing i'd ever heard to the to that point like high was the most high thing i've ever heard you know it was like like what the fuck is this i've never heard this before like you said we'll never hear it again something anything like it again so yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty much how I felt like, bro, like I never heard no shit like that before and I wanted more. And the video for sure, Grammy, like I said, I think it's 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 my favorite rap video ever. Um, Jaquan Hood is my favorite video ever. Not just because it's okay, St. Louis. That's that the same yeah. feel, though, as high, though, as far as yeah. visually. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's certain shots from that video that are just seared in my memory forever. Like that that little 10-year-old boy like holding that pit bull and feeding him that bologna. Right, right, right. I remember right, that right, shit right, forever. Right, right, you know right, I mean? right, right. So yeah, it was it was an incredible video where, you know, it was raw, but it didn't feel exploited. No, you know no. I mean? It didn't feel it like, honest yeah. and authentic. Yes. He was in out that motherfucker with some big shorts on, some shoulder shoulderies, and a fucking tank top. You know what I mean? A yeah. big ass hat. He probably wore that for the last five fucking years. You know what I mean? As far as like, this is his, this is his uniform. You know what I mean? Sweating and shit in the motherfucking music video. It was not produced. That felt right, real right. as fuck. You know what I mean? Right, right. And one of my favorite shots is when Juvie is in all white in the parking lot, got the whole projects behind yeah. him. You know, and he's standing in like a puddle of water. I'm like, bro, this is like hood jesus like this motherfucker is all white you know say walking on water like that's another shot that stuck with me too but um the emergence of cash money man that was that was a pivotal moment in the rap landscape that was the moment that um you know for people like like jackson you know for i hate to you know kind of pick on him as the young guy but jackson has lived his whole life with the south being the prominent sound in rap you know and it was not always like that we grew up and, and, you know, we we witnessed the South fighting an uphill battle. Right. Right. Like the South was not getting respected by, you know, publications, by media. by like, Outcast things. wasn't getting respected as dope outcast, as they are bro. fucking outcast. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And did they get booed like, at, the, at the they got booed at the Source, at the Source Awards? Awards. Yeah. After dropping Southern Plates, the cat like crazy, fuck you crazy. That. Come on, man. But yeah, it's um, I, cash money is the emergence of cash money, you know, I think that they solidified the South in, in terms of mainstream, right? Because like, like I said, there was plenty of us who were rocking with the South and we were like, bro, y'all Facts. tripping, you know what I'm saying? Like, but, but they, and, and they stood on the shoulders of the labels that came before them, right? Like, I'm not at all saying that they were the first record label, Southern record label to be out here booming. No, we had Swap House, mm-hmm. we had Hypnotized Minds, T-Lo. we had, um, yeah, we, we had Swap, um, 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 fucking, um, rap a lot mm-hmm. out in houston right so no limit of course no limit is perhaps the label that cash money owes so much facts, of their facts. success to so because, new orleans. because 
Yes, yes. Because, um, you know, th- there's often the discussion about would Jay-Z be Jay-Z if Biggie was still alive? And, you know, that's hypothetical. You know, you, you can debate that however. But I think there's a very strong case to be made that the biggest benefactor of, you know, Pac and Big not being here anymore and rap just needing a guy, you know, to, to, to be that star was Master P. Like when, when, when Pac and Big died, like you can't under you can't understate how big of a loss that was to the rap. Mm-hmm. Pac was the biggest rapper in the West Coast. Big was the biggest rapper in the East Coast, bro. And we lost them. And it was like, okay, what the fuck do we do now? And Master P kind of emerged. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, subsequently the South had their moment too with that, right? And once, you know, Universal and all these record labels, so okay, there is a market here for, for South because Master P was big. This motherfucker was on TRL when rappers were not going there, dude. And he was like a southern gangster rapper, nothing pop about him at all, right? The masterpiece climb with no limit is a unbelievable success story. And I, you know, Universal was like, okay, you know, cash money's out here moving units. Like they were selling like two hundred thousand independent, which is ridiculous with no distribution. So that's why they broke them boys off thirty mil. And once you know cash money came through and you know like i said i do a little jab at jay-z because that verse on high was just it wasn't jay-z that wasn't it, the, yeah it, it, was it wasn't the, it yeah. wasn't it yeah it wasn't it but i want to give jay-z his his credit here because jay-z rap was so regional late late 90s right and jay-z was one of the rappers who who extended his hands to the south like he hopped on you know no limit i got the hookup soundtracks and shit like you know he hopped on juveniles high you know he uh big pimping was a huge moment in legitimizing the south as well right so i, I want to give him his props there but it's, it's like you know universal saw that okay there's a market here for the south you know these guys are moving records uh locally no limit is a nationwide global phenomenon so let's drop these this 30 million deal which is fucking absurd. Like Michael Jordan was making thirty million in ninety eight, bro. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, that's an absurd amount of money, and and that's what opened it up. Like, Cash Money like legitimized the South on the mainstream level, and it all circles back to you know Juvenile's debut single for four hundred degrees. Ha. Huh? Yeah, like if if there's no ha, there's no like we don't know Cash Money in the same way, and there's no Wayne, and 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 Wayne's the one that stamped Drake. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. So right. like you know like but but. The fact that Wayne was part of Cash Money that stamped him, but there's no Cash Money without Ha. You know what I mean? So yeah, bro. Like it, it's the biggest rappers in the game. Like can come, you know, from that. You know that that one singular moment. You feel me? So like we were even talking about uh, what's Nicki Minaj? Like Nicki Minaj got the stamp from mm-hmm. Wayne too. Without you know what I mean? Like so yeah, man. Like I didn't even trip off that, and also I didn't trip off the fact that. We fucked with the South prior, and we fucked with Atlanta music too, but nobody was fucking with Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Right. When the, I mean, well, we was fucking with Atlanta, but like the, the, the East Coast still was like, we the Mecca, all that shit, right? But when New Orleans, you know, like Cash Money popped off, and they became, you know, like in New Orleans became like popping to the masses, you know, that's when Atlanta had the space to kind of take over the music business, and now you can't do shit without Atlanta. You feel me? But exactly. like with, te- exactly. with, with, with big, you know, music... Uh, 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 movements in Texas and Atlanta going on, it still didn't reach the masses the way Cash Money did, which created the space for them to 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 to, to grow. You know what I'm saying? In Atlanta to be what it is now. So yeah, bro. I mean, I don't know what music looks like without that, without the, you know the South taking over, but without huh, you know what I'm saying, becoming what it was and being so yeah, you know, p- yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's it's, it's insane. But I didn't reach up. What's why we look at Wayne is like. Bro, like Wayne was the little nigga, you know what I mean? He was the homie. Like yeah, we'll see what like happened. Fifteen. You throw him on features. Like his first album wasn't even all. You know he was all right. You feel me? Like mm-hmm. he didn't become himself until like for me, like Squad Up was just like he was. I like the Squad Up albums more than his you know regular albums. He didn't really do Hell his yeah. thing until like uh hey DJ that with that uh Carter Car- yeah, the yeah. Carter like there was like Carl okay Carter was, was a second okay act. you know what I'm saying I'm like well okay that's a moment but it took a while to get there Juvenile was the cash cow for a while you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and so yeah but mm-hmm. yeah but it's 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 interesting to see I I didn't really think about that I I think of Atlanta being so prominent in my life for a while but I didn't think about damn the points you brought up about. You know, them creating that space in the South, getting that respect in the South that Atlanta and Texas hadn't got from the masses, and then Atlanta blowing up after they already created that space. You know what I'm saying? Carved that, that lane out in the masses. Sure. So that's interesting. Yeah, and, and the thing was, you know, 
of course, you know, we're seeing now, but they were not a flash in the pan, right? Like, like this was 98 where you went in and you bought albums blindly. You liked one song and you spent your 15 bucks hoping you would like the 17 Little flip stole from me, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And but 400 degrees over-delivered. Over-delivered. Like, I... I, it blew all the expectations I had out. It is a classic album. I think it's I think it's like a Mount Rushmore Southern album. And it was fun fact is that it was the highest selling cash money album until Drake uh, went went with views in 2016 mm-hmm. from 1998. Like Little Wayne's run, Nicki's run, a Drake's run, some of Drake's run, and this was still the crown jewel of that label bro you get it you get you pull up to the spot after the i know we got to you know what i'm saying but you pull up to the spot you know what i'm saying and everybody was playing that shit g you feel me and this yeah, is like we didn't have like you know like you could you just put it on your phone niggas went out and bought the album everybody had the album and was playing it when you going out at night you know what i'm saying or in the summer when we ride when the windows down we all heard that shit so yeah bro it was it was a it was a moment for sure all right, that's all the time we got for today. We'll be back on Saturday with a very special interview and then our next live show on AMP on Sunday. We'll talk to you all then. Bye. 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 It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.